Any views expressed in this program do not necessarily represent those of WSIC. All systems are a go. Ladies and gentlemen, hold on to your seats. Taking care of Iredell with North Carolina State Representative Jeff McNeely is about to begin in five, four, three, two, one. Good morning, Iredell County. Hope everybody's doing all right this morning. A little overcast. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for rain, Joe, please. We're, we're desperate in need of rain, folks, uh, for a lot of reasons, but especially on the ag side. Uh, nobody's been able to hardly even plant any small grain, let alone see it come up out of the ground. It's just been pitiful. But hopefully the Lord's going to bless us, so we'll see. Uh, good to be on the show this morning and have y'all going. Uh, happy early Thanksgiving. We have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, the Lord has blessed us tremendously, especially in this county, this community. Um uh, Going to have uh, Representative Tim Moore, Speaker on of the North Carolina House, come on today. Uh, got a lot to talk about. He's got something new going on that he wants to share with us, and we're excited to hear from that. Also, like to send out my condolences to uh, the Carter family. Jimmy Carter, his wife Rosalind, passed away, 96 years old. Uh, President Carter's been in hospice since, I think, maybe February, uh, but he's still with us, so he's 99. Uh, so they, they lived a long life together, and uh, they did a lot of great humanitarian work. I, I always say they're kind of unique. They became maybe more famous and more appreciated after office than during. But um, condolences to that family. Um, should have our guest going to call in. Tim's going to call in here just in a little bit. He's got some stuff going on closer towards the lunch. I think he's got some kind of a, a dinner or, uh, or fundraiser lunch that he's going to. So he's going to give us a call, and then we'll get on with the rest of the show. So we'll have him hopefully up to maybe near the middle of the show. Um, a couple things uh, that I'd like to bring out real quick. Uh, Tim Scott has suspended his run for president. Uh, matter of fact, he surprised his staff even. And, and major donors by uh, doing it on Fox. So uh, come out on Trey Gowdy's show uh, and kind of shocked them all. So uh, I guess uh, maybe it was something he finally just decided this is where we're at and this is what we're going to do. Uh, I think Tim ran a good, clean campaign. I think he's a good man. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him maybe heading towards a uh, governorship maybe down there in, uh, in South Carolina. So that's going to be up, I think, maybe 26. It'll be up. So, uh, you know, he's still a U.S. senator from South Carolina. And so we'll make sure Tim has our number here. I'm going to send it to him again. But if he's listening to him, call on in. So there we go. Get him on here as soon as we can because I know he's got a lot going on today. But, yeah, uh, it's just not his time yet. Uh, and there may be a chance he hooks up for uh, uh, vice presidency in this. We'll see. Uh, Tim Scott, like I said, brings a lot to the table, trying to unify, and I believe he is the person that maybe could possibly unify not only the Republican Party, which seems to have some fractures here and there, but maybe the nation. Uh, I've always admired him and liked a lot of the things he said and, and how he wants to go about things. So, uh, But like I said, right now he's suspended him and Mike Pence both. Uh, one other thing I'd like to bring up, and this is kind of unique, and we talked about it, Oh, I don't know. It's probably been at least four months or five months ago. It's funny how things come around. Uh, the uh, U.S. Department of Education um, 
has been awarding a bunch of grants. I mean, a lot of money, a lot of money. And just so happened three, actually four, okay, three districts and one entity uh, got quite a bit of money from the federal government. And so just to show you exactly how much we got here, and it seems like maybe the rich get richer, I'll go ahead and tell Tim to go ahead and call in. Go ahead and call if we can get him. But anyway, uh, Mecklenburg County uh, got $2.8 million from the U.S. Department of Education. Wake County school system got $4.6 million. And now these, you know, they're, they're not really – Know that that these grants uh it's it's through raise the bar lead the world, uh, teachers uh, school leader initiative projects. All right, um, Montgomery County got eight point two million. Not really sure exactly what's happening with Montgomery County while they got such a large amount there, but that's a pretty big step for them. Uh, but the one that really innovated or interested me is. The Innovation Project, TIP, TIP is what they call it, got $8.3 million. Now, this is a supposedly educational nonprofit. It's kind of like a top-secret organization that's been formed here in the state, and, and we're really not sure exactly what they do. But uh, they've received quite a few million dollars from many of the school districts across the state as dues. And best we can tell, there's about 30 different districts that have sent them money. Is that our man? I think it is. So, folks, we're going to get back to the tip, but we're going to get Tim Moore on now. So let's go ahead and bring him on. Representative Tim Moore, is that you? It is me. Good morning. Hope everybody is doing well. We are doing great here in Iredell County. Hope all are. We're gonna have to. We'll, we'll take a little small break for about a minute at eleven fifteen. But we're gonna keep you on here as long as you'll let us. So, yes, I know, and I know you got stuff going on. I know you are a busy, busy man. Um, might want to tell them you, you're off on a new adventure, Tim. What are you? What are you up to these days? Well, you know, it's been a, it's been a real honor to uh, serve in the North Carolina House now uh, all these years and serve as the speaker now for nine years and headed on to my tent. Uh, uh, but I've decided to run for the United States Congress for the 14th Congressional District. So uh, uh, it's uh, something I thought about a, a while here and uh, given a lot of prayerful consideration, too. And I tell you, Jeff, you've been there and you've seen how we've transformed Raleigh. Um, you weren't there when we first took the majority back after 140 years, uh, but you've come there and you've helped us build on it in a big way. And I'm going to tell you, we took North Carolina from being in debt to the federal government, roughly $4 billion, where today we're sitting on about a $7 billion surplus to where we have you know, passed tougher laws on crime, where we have uh, worked to ban sanctuary cities, where we have worked to protect the sanctity of life where we've passed legislation to protect women's sports mm -hmm. uh, and so on and so on with so many issues. School choice. And, you know, school you choice has been huge. And, and school choice. I mean, educational opportunity, you know, which includes a couple of things. One, it includes good funding of our public schools, but it also it means funding educational alternatives for children who don't want to necessarily go that route. And yeah. I think at Indiana, it helps all do better. 
Well, I, I, I'm I'm ready to vote for you for president after hearing all that. Let alone for Congress. Now, what what all counties does this include? I know it, I know Cleveland's in there. What all, what all ones? I don't think you get Iredell, but you get right next to us. It's uh, basically Mecklenburg County. If you look at the 485 loop, essentially most everything kind of north, west, and then south, all the way over to Ballantyne. All of that's in it in Mecklenburg County. Then it's Gaston County, Cleveland County, Rutherford County, Burke County, and about three fourths of Polk County. Okay. So it's a it's a, it's a big area. All right, we gotta, we're going to have to go to our break here in about 15 seconds or so. And just stay with us. It'll be about a minute. We're going to get you back on, and we're going to talk about where you've been and the things you've seen and what we hope to do when we get you to Washington. So just hold tight with me, Tim. Hold tight. All right, folks, we've got to pay some bills. We'll be right back. We've got to run a few commercials. So just hold tight. We're going to get to hear from Tim Moore. It's going to be real exciting. Stay with us. All right, here we go. Back here for the middle part of the show. Tim, are you still with us? Of course. All I right. wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, good, good, good. All right, well, congratulations on this run for Congress. I know you're going to do a great job for us, and I know you're going to win. But tell us a little bit. You've, you've already sort of been ex- assessing the situation, we'll call it. Now, I know you took a trip to the Ukraine here not too long ago, and you've also been down to the southern border. What are the things, what are you seeing? What's going on that America can do? And Congress can well, do. Well, I'll tell you if you look if you look internationally, nor, uh, you know America is still recognized as that world power and that world leader, and we have some really just uh, you know, just bad regimes out there that want to do us harm. And I'm going to tell you, I think the most critical issue facing facing our country and it's impacting our state is what's happening right now on our southern border. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an opportunity to go down and visit the border back before I was a candidate for Congress uh, in the capacity as the Speaker of the House. Met with a, a group of uh, guardsmen from the North Carolina National Guard who were there mm-hmm. working hard to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to ably serve. And I'm going to tell you what's happening right now. You know, we've all seen the video. We've all seen it. Look, I'm down there with, you know, with, with the Texas EPS. As, as we're on a boat, on a highway patrol boat, people just walking right across that river, walking across the river, coming to the other side, uh, I mean, right in front of us. And then, and then they get detained, and then they're detained for probably a couple of days, and then they're turned loose, Jeff, and they're told to come back to court like four years from now. Yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. And so, so you have that, and that's a problem. But what's even probably more of a dangerous problem at the point right now are, are the ones that slip through without getting caught a lot of military age males and a lot of criminals and a lot of drugs. Yeah. Uh, there's, we, we've seen the rise in fentanyl. You and I have, you know, we've had conversations in our, at the legislature of what we've had to do to combat the drug, the opioid issues, all these problems. If you talk to folks in law enforcement, they will tell you that most of the drugs coming into this country and coming to North Carolina, are coming across our southern border. And it's so much worse since Biden became president. I mean, it's just, it's out of control. Trump was trying to control it. Uh, but I'll tell you something that really made my blood boil. And, and I've been to the border now twice uh, this year. Once I went, went to Yuma, Arizona once, and then I've been down to Eagle Pass, Texas. And there are sections of this border wall, this fence, which actually works. But you know, it only works if it's continuous. When it stops for 30 feet and then picks back up, that's not much of a fence. Yeah. And that's what you have. 
the Biden administration stopped the construction of the fence. And the stuff to finish is literally sitting down there in laydown yards. It's ready to go. It is absolutely mind-blowing what's happening. And we've got to have leadership in Washington to secure our border, to to protect our national security, to, to just bring some sanity uh, to, to what's happening. Well, you know, they've actually been auctioning off border wall material on govauction.com to get rid of it. So it would be that much harder to build it. Crazy. I mean, it's just crazy. I don't get it. I don't get it. And, and of course, we also have our issues over in, in Israel and in Gaza and with Hamas and whatnot. And, and hey, we're going to need somebody, somebody in Congress with a level head, cool demeanor. We got enough crazy. We need somebody like you, Tim. I've watched you when pressure was on. You handled the pressure. You responded. You made the right moves. You did the right things. I've always been impressed. I'm not just saying that because I'm sucking up to you. It's the truth, I tell you. It's the truth. Well, you're kind, you're kind to say that, and I'll tell you, it, we, we've got a good thing going with the supermajority Republican legislature right now. You look at look at where we are right now. We've like you know, I've mentioned before the break uh, where we've where we've been able to keep this state's economy humming along, where we're still the number one state in the country for new businesses to locate. It's not an accident. But, you know, that's not the case everywhere else, Jeff. A lot of our colleagues serving around the country in other legislatures, states that are blue states right now with Democrats in control, they're, you know, they're coming up with budget shortfalls. They, they have high taxes. That's why those companies are leaving and coming here. Uh, my platform is simply, you know, I want to take the good work, the kind of work ethic, the kind of uh, uh, policies that we've achieved here in North Carolina and take that to Washington. Because I've been there when when the state was in a mess and we had to turn it around. We had to make those tough choices when we took when we were at record unemployment. When we were had things and and, and think about what we've been through the last few years. Yeah. We've dealt with all the COVID and all the shutdowns that Roy Cooper forced on us. We've yeah. dealt with two natural major hurricanes that hit. And despite all of that, the state has continued to lower taxes and be fiscally strong. And you know, I, I, and I hope one thing that you do when you get in, because I, I feel like you're you're in, you're going you're going to win this, uh, is is you know the thing that we look at is North Carolina at other states, like you say, is be responsible. How many of them keep looking for the federal government to bail them out of their bad decisions? That's not the federal government's job. You got California that, that was upside down, and they got so much COVID money, then they start giving it away. Well, they didn't plan for nothing. I mean, it, it's, it all starts on the state level. It all starts – all politics are local. And it starts local and works up. And, and if you don't have good uh, you know, physical policy at a state level, there's no way you're going to take that and go to the, go to the, the United States government and have, a, have you know, you're not going to change. A, a leopard doesn't change its spots, unfortunately. So if you come from Michigan or you come from any of these states where they're running deficits, uh, uh, Illinois, you're going to keep voting that way when you get there because you don't have no idea what it is to really be you know, a, a true steward of the, the tax dollars that are given to you. Well, and that's what I tell you know, my my friends and, uh, and and folks that I talk to who move from other states. Uh, and if we if we start having some real candid conversations about politics, I've met with some business owners in the technology sector who've moved to North Carolina. When I've gotten into talking to politics, they start talking. You know, they I, I can figure out pretty quick they're Democrats. Mm. And I pull them aside, and I, I don't ever say you 
know we're embarrassing by it, but I go, look, you know, there's a reason you left California. There's a reason you <laughs> left New York. There's a reason because of the policy there. Why don't, instead of, you know, why don't you look at what we're doing as Republicans in this state and look that, and I, and to a person, to a person, Jeff, I have not had anybody push back. They've all said, you know, I never really thought of it that way. And, and so I think that if folks get here and they realize the, uh, they, they they realize we've got a good thing going here. Uh, they 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 get it. Uh, I will say it'll be nice uh, that when we can finally have a Republican in the governor's mansion because it is frustrating that we we find ourselves having to continuously battle with the governor. Uh, but of course, with supermajorities, we're able to get the job done. But it would be nice if we had if we had uniformity in, in government there, and that we could really uh, push forward some policies that would move North Carolina even further ahead of the pack when it comes to so many of these key issues. Well, and, and just like you've led us and told us and we've watched and we've done, uh, everything we put forth, it seems like that uh, the executive branch in North Carolina tries to figure out some way to either undo it or sue us, take us to court, whatever. You know, they're not bad policies. They're not bad policies. They're just determined that it's not their policies, and so they are bad policies, and and that's the problem. Look at the results. That's what I always say. You can't argue with results, and we've had really good results. Exactly. I mean, exactly. It's, 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 if, if you like the economic policies, if you like what's happening in terms of the investment and the expansion of educational choice, you like these things. Uh, I know our governor uh, likes to go out and take credit for some things. The reality is most of these things either he didn't sign or we had to actually override his veto to make it happen. Mm. So, uh, uh, you know, that, that, that's the reality. That's what, that, what they say. That's, that's what they call the facts, you know? Yeah. Now, are you, right now, I think maybe you might have somebody else challenging you in the primary, but we're not really sure if that's going to happen or not. So you don't know whether you got to, you're going to have to go a primary or not. Are you, have you heard? Uh, it, it, there are there are two well there are there are, I know three other candidates who have announced that they are running in the primary, and so it'll be a, it'll be a, a, a and I imagine before it's over with the field will get even more crowded. But you know I'm just going to keep getting out there. You know, some of them have gotten a little negative. That's all right. You know they they say what they want to say. Uh, I'm going to continue to focus on the things that I know matter to North Carolinians, uh, the people in this region care about their children and make sure they have a good education. They care about making sure that they, you know, they're not going to get robbed when they go when they walk outside their door. They want to know that the, that we've got a road system that are going to from point A to point B. They want to know that government's not taking more money than it should. They want to know that somebody actually cares and is trying to do something about the immigration issue. Uh, and, and, and those are the things that we're going to talk about because I'm going to tell you, I've represented this area for years. And I know what's important to the people from here because I'm born and raised here, uh, and I know I know what I know what matters, and I'm prepared to take these homegrown uh, homegrown knowledge and values to Washington to represent this community. All right, we got about a minute till break, and I think that's about the time you're going to have to go with us. All right, uh, give us some websites, give us some Facebook stuff. Where where do we find stuff on Tim Moore running for the 14th district? Sure, my website is timmoorenc.com. And then on the Facebook, I have my uh, uh, it's a Tim uh, Tim Moore NC on there. Folks can search that. Uh, and and by the way, this is non political on that. But if folks want to know what's going on in Raleigh, you do a good job communicating that. But I also have my official 
uh, speakermore.com and in the uh, Facebook, speakermore on Facebook there, where we, where we really work hard to, to try to keep folks up to date on what's happening in Raleigh, where things are, a lot of, a lot of information there. So uh, uh, certainly welcome folks to uh, reach out, get engaged. If people want to get involved in the campaign, if people just want to know what's going on, we're always glad to be of service. All right, and and I'm sure we can go on timmorenc.com, and there's a button somewhere that'll take you that allow you to receive some money from whoever's wanting to give you some. That's always there. Well, one one thing you know is us politicians are always good at finding ways to separate people from their money. That's right. All right, we got a, we got a break. Thank you, Tim. Have a good day. All right, we're back here for the second part of the show here. I uh, just want to thank uh, Representative Tim Moore, our speaker, for coming on talking with us. Uh, Tim's got the experience that you need. Trust me, he's in the House for over 20 years, that county commissioner before that there in Kings Mountain. So experience is, is what you want. You want to make sure you send somebody up there that's ready to go, doesn't have to be trained. All right, we got a caller. I believe we're going to take him on. Uh, William, are you there? Yes, sir. How are you doing this morning? Hey, man, I'm good. What's happening with you? What you got on your mind today? Earlier this year, I talked to Darren Campbell when they um, expired the um, Title 42. Um, I had just wanted to refresh my memory on how it works with landowners and trespassers and so forth and so on. And he explained to me that you put your signs up and that if you catch someone on your property and ask them to leave and show them the signs of no trespassing, and then they get caught again on your property and the deputy or sheriff himself catches them on your property, they can arrest them right there on the spot. Okay. Um, the question that we all need to be asking ourselves, why can we not do the same procedures down there on the border of the United States of America and Mexico. Because I'm going to tell you, Jeff, um, yes, I know we've got a border down there, but what's going on and what they have allowed to let go on, the lower 48, as the Canadian call us, has become the border. Oh, yeah. Meaning all our states are the border now. Um, so why can't we just do something ourselves, individually states like we're trying to do in this state, um, why can't they do that down there in Texas, Arizona, and so forth and so on? Because if we're waiting on the federal government to do anything, we're backing up, brother. Well, you know, uh, Governor Abbott has tried many different things. And I think one of the big reasons, it depends on if they, you know, it's almost to the point now they say that they, they cross right in front of you, just like Tim Moore was saying, and, and go right to the border guard. It ain't like they do it at night unless they're trying to do drugs or something, the people that are coming over, uh, and, yeah. and go right to the border guard. And so then they surrender to the border guard. And that is U.S. Customs, uh, and and they take them to their facility instead of the sheriff's departments and whatnot getting in play. And I think a lot of it is they do not have the resources, those those counties down there on the border, to house these people. Because, I mean, if you arrest them, theoretically you're going to incarcerate them or they're going to be in your court system instead of on the federal court system side. And so I think the fight is, is who's got the money to be able to take this unbelievable horde of people 
end to justice in whatever way it would be, whether it be a violation of crossing the border illegally or trespassing. So I, I yeah. think I think that's where the the issue comes in. Uh, you know, the federal government is is after they've been taken and detained, they usually will give money and send money, and who knows how straight up that's been. There's been a lot of issues where there's no bids and people just organizations getting ungodly amount of money to look after these people and put them up in hotels and whatever. Um, that's that's where the fight's at. To a point is how how do you how do you put all these people in jail if you're a county and and feed them and and then you got to give them medical I mean it it it's ongoing so it's almost like you can't get I away from I don't think we it. need to be doing all that Jeff well, I think I, what we need to do is turn them around back I, south that's you know just tell them leave you're not welcome here I I, I think there's um, a bus station somewhere yeah I think there's a bus station somewhere or another they walk across the river you load them on the bus and you drive them across the bridge back and across the river. Listen, Jeff, I hate to say, you know, I hate to be mean about it, but, you know, it's not just Mr. and Mrs. trying to make a better life for themselves oh. coming across that border down there. Oh, I know. There's some mean there's some mean people with some bad intentions that are coming across that line down there, and we just, unfortunately, if we're going to stop that side of it, we got to stop all of it. Well, you know what, and, I, I always you know, say... Politics has gotten in the way of this mess, and I just, you know, we just need to take matters in our own hand because I'm fed up with the federal government. I don't need them in the first place. The only way I need them is the military, and we obviously are involved in that with the the religious war that just broke out, mm-hmm. and then we've been staying busy with the Ukraine war. Uh, both of those conflicts are a combination of religious and property uh, differences going on. So, you know, it's priority right now with that. And they've just kind of using that as an excuse to not to try to address the problem in our own backyard. Well, n- know and, this, the, the reason Russia's in Ukraine and the reason Hamas raised their head is because the sheriff, which is the United States of America, decided to go on vacation for a while. Uh, right. I mean, just that's the God's honest truth. If, if people don't believe it, they're crazy. It is. The, the, well, no, nobody's, know, nobody's afraid of us. Nobody's afraid of us right now. And, and it's that, always been a religious war. As far as the Middle East goes, it's always been a religious war, and it will remain that way until you know who comes back to get his disciples. Amen. Um, but the thing is, um, we got to try to take care of ourselves here in our own backyard before we can try to help anybody else in our in their backyard well and i just think we've got our priorities mixed up right now here's what i always say about the border we don't catch the bad guys coming across we catch the good people god knows how many can get across yeah. that don't want to be caught and do a very good job of it uh so you know it's hard to say how much of, of what terror organization has crossed that southern border and put us in their crosshairs and, and at any given moment we we may find out the severity of of what we've done it's bad well it's i truly tell bad. you the mexico border has always been kind of the way it is now it's gotten worse over the years obviously but in my travels of truck driving over the years i've been to mexico and i've been to canada and i'm gonna tell you something going into canada and coming out of Canada back into the lower 48 is a whole different ball game up there, brother, mm-hmm. versus what it is down here in the south. Oh, I know. Um, it's always been easier going in and out of Mexico than it ever has been in Canada. And maybe we need to take lesson from that because the Canadians don't play around up there. Those Mounties up there do not ask questions until they need to be asked. They just take matters in their own hands up there. 
maybe that's what we need to try to start doing down there in the south. Um, and just in my opinion, but you know how my opinion is, just about two cents worth. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I hope you and your family have a very good, happy Thanksgiving, and I appreciate you taking my call and listening to me. Well, uh, good, good hearing from you, and I hope you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving, too, and be safe. Take care, man. All right, take care. Dude. All right, see you. We got another call? Hey, let's take another one then. I always like this. Hey, this is Representative Jeff McNeely. Who we got here? Hey, Jeff. It's Jesse. How you doing? Hey, Jesse. I'm doing well. I hope I hope you are. I just I'm getting by. Just, there's there's never enough time on these radios. I just I just <laughs> it, want to thank goes quick. you goes quick. for what you do do and allow people to come on and, and, and express their uh, concerns and they just there's never enough time though on here to to to, to talk and, and and really criticize the things that we do have that, that need to be addressed, you know. Oh yeah. But uh, it take a lot, it take a lot of air time for all the problems. It was it was, <laughs> and hopefully one of these days we can get a get everybody to listen to both sides so we can get to the bottom of some of these problems that we've got. Mm. That's just like I've heard Todd. Uh, stars on his show many times just cut people off. I mean, I like to hear what they got to say on, on a lot of them, and, and, and you do that, man, I, and I appreciate it. And I just wanted to wish you uh, Thanksgiving, but to talk about what he was talking about and what you, there is a lot of good people coming across that border, but they need to come in the right way yeah. for one. Yeah. And and there's a lot of people that is questionable coming across there. Like you know, he's dressed our military aged men of all ethnic groups. You know, and uh, I don't know if that's the right word, ethnic or racial or uh, whatever you say is not going to be right. But I know what you mean. <laughs> but the, you know, the, the jobs that they're coming up here taking is is, is crazy, man. It's just none of them speak English, even though they, they got they got maybe good uh, they may have good in the intuition coming up here and just trying to find a job and do good, but there's a right way and there's a wrong way of doing things. And we need to be able to speak out and uh, not have to worry about whether we're going to lose our checks or uh, the government funding. Uh, and, and it just seems like that stuff is swelling up more and more and more people depending on federal funding and it's like they they don't want nobody to come out and say nothing because they're afraid they're going to lose their money mm-hmm. and that's going to have to stop man uh we got a country to worry about quit hiding behind i'm worried about my child worried about my health worried about my job and 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 get to the bottom of some of this stuff we need to be able to be critically open about uh criticism basically you know well i you know they're, they're, i always go back to their the signs in the parks I always talk about don't feed the bears and it's yeah, not it's exactly. not that it's not that they're afraid that you're going to feed the bears necessarily something bad for them as much as you're going to train them not to feed themselves right and and that's what we've done and, and so now like you say people are you know i i really can't afford to go get a job i'm making too much from the government in so many different ways I'll just That's, keep doing what I'm doing. I don't know how you can do it, man. Run a business, be a be the representative you are, and now taking care of the roads, and getting involved, in all, and then write laws. Where do you get the time to do that stuff, Jeff? <laughs> you know, there's just not a lot of sleep anymore. <laughs> man, I'm 
I, I'm struggling, man, just running a business to keep food on the table, man. It's, it's crazy. There's a lot of balls in the air, but you know, I tell you what, um, I, this is this is just part of the service that I feel like that I I owe my my county, uh, my state, my nation. Uh, like I said, never, never did get to serve military. They didn't need me when I got out of school. We were downsizing in 1986, uh, and and so this is my time. I feel like I owe, and uh, and so I, it's, it's a service. It's a service. Well, man, me. I just I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving to everybody at WSIC and everybody listening. And I hope everybody uh, thanks, praise the Lord for Amen. this wonderful country that we were able to, to give things to. You know, as screwed up as it is, it's still the best. It's still the best. That's the sad part. Yeah. It's still the best. But hey, y'all have a safe Thanksgiving. Until next time. Yes, sir, baby. Appreciate you, Jesse. All right, yes, sir. sir. All right, we're getting ready to take a break here. we got about 30 seconds, but it's good to have people call in. Uh, I think we all find ways to serve. Uh, and I think uh, if you believe Jesus Christ died for your sins, then we're all servants of each other. And so uh, it's just a privilege I have to get to serve Ardell County in the, the capacity I do as your representative, and I thank you. All right, we're going to go to break. We'll be right back. We'll finish up the show. Hope you're hanging in there. It's got some good stuff. All right. Back here for the last part of the show. I believe I could play that guitar lick. I'm going to try. It's all over the place, but I kind of like it. Anyway, hey, getting back into a little bit of what we were talking about before, the, the U.S. Department of Education sending out money. Like I said, the largest um, receiver of money in North Carolina actually is not a school system, but it's some kind of a secret kind of organization called uh, the Innovation Project. What that is, I don't know. Uh, quite a few news sources have uh, sent them a request for information you know, basically about staff or, uh, you know, operations or what they're doing, uh, who they are, um, programs and funding, and hadn't had much of a reply. Uh, so kind of weird that we're seeing uh, what I consider to be kind of a unique situation here of a super secret organization that is involved in our educational system in North Carolina, receiving a, over $8 million from the federal government, and we don't really know who they are or what. So we're going to have to have government operations maybe see if we can take a look. Maybe we can bring them forth and find out exactly what they're doing and why they're asking the money. And at one time, in the, uh, the superintendent administration before Jeff James, as we have now, Idle Sexual Schools actually participated and sent dues into this organization. And I felt like they were kind of strong-armed to do it. Think about that. Uh, real quick, uh, Biden and uh, and I'm going to probably mispronounce the leader of China's name, Xi Jinping. That's what I think it should be. Uh, met this past weekend. Um, I feel like, and, and no offense to the Cub Scouts, but I feel like we sent a, we sent a Cub Scout to negotiate with a ninja. Uh, and China says, "Oh, it's going to work on climate control." Oh yeah, although it it continually builds uh, cold uh, fired. Uh, energy plants, and one after another, after another, after another, uh, also said that they were going to help us on uh, fentanyl uh, trafficking. Uh, they actually ramped it up after Nancy Pelosi went and visited Taiwan uh, against China's wishes. 
I don't know what they have the authority to do, but they allowed more to come, and that's where our southern border is involved again. Unbelievable amounts of fentanyl is coming across our southern border, folks, and killing our youth. I mean, it's ridiculous why somebody would even take this, but so much of the other drugs are cut with it, or they're just, you know, being illegal. They're misled to what they're getting, and it's highly, highly dangerous. Also, they said they would like to open up their military communications more with us than they have. And, and I guess that's kind of funny after they sent one of their fighter jets within feet of one of our bombers running in an exercise over the uh, South China Sea and international water. So, um, you know, I, we're going to see if this was a lot of lip service or if something actually does come of it. I'll be surprised. And, of course, you know, after the conversation's all over, Joe Biden does say that, you know, Jinping is a dictator and what do we expect? So I don't and – then, and then Beijing issued a statement saying that they didn't appreciate him being called a dictator. But I will have to say this in Biden. He called it right. He is. He is a dictator. So got that going on. Uh, not sure that Joe really knew what he was saying or doing at this conference, but, hey, that's what we've got for a president. So we'll see. Um, also want to get into something that scares the living, you know what, out of me. Uh, it seems to be that now the big thing in journalism is the newspapers are not really paying their reporters. They're allowing them to be funded in different ways for their livelihood to write their articles. So the donor-funded local journalism is, is our future when it comes to our local media. Um, and basically what that is, there is a group set up called Press Forward is giving up to $500 million in grants to local journalism. So, you know, if you remember here not too long ago, the, the News and Observer, which is in Raleigh, and the Charlotte Observer in Charlotte, Mecklenburg, they ran what I considered to be a hit piece on North Carolina poultry and North Carolina poultry farmers. Uh, and, and kind of the same hit piece they did before that was on hogs. So, you know, they're going after big agriculture, but, hey, that's how we feed ourselves. Unfortunately, over the years, we've, we've changed our way from going from the farm to the straight to the consumer to putting the middleman in to process and the middleman in to sell it to grocery stores and this, that, and the other. And so these companies have become large because – their scales of economics in there that help them become more profitable in that size. And so that's how you get this. And that 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 hit piece article on poultry uh, definitely was funded. Uh, environmental groups uh, gave money to these people, helped pay their salaries. And I actually had one of them call me because I, I put out a, a press release, you know, stating my uh, strong disagreement with their assessment of the poultry industry and how a lot of good, good people out here are doing a very good job on their poultry farms with getting rid of their litter and raising their chickens as, as environmentally and also as uh, uh, humanely as they can. Uh, to supply and feed this great world and, and, and especially this country. So basically what we've got here is ink for hire. So the next thing you'll hear from these grants, you know, will you, will you write something about climate change for me? Well, you know, will you write something about some of the other things that are going on that we don't like? Uh, you know, maybe we're going to write more about pro-Palestinian stuff. I do know that Arabella Advisors, it's linked to Hamas, is also involved in giving money to these grants. 
So it's really going to be who can give money into this press forward and get what they want written in the papers and on a local level. So this will be things we won't see necessarily in the Observer. We may see these in Statesville Record and Landmark or the Hickory Daily Record or, or some of the other smaller papers that are around. Don't know about Statesville Free News, but maybe if they write Mike Furman a grant, he might do that too. We don't know. So it goes back to that old adage, and it looks like that old proverb, and I'm going to say it must have been invented by a conservative because it seems to be the liberal side that's attacking. Uh, basically, uh, it says here, you know, just believe about, don't believe nothing that you read and only maybe about half of what you see. You may have heard that one. I think it's a little, little quick take on that, but that's sort of where we're at. So... This is very bothersome to me that somebody has an agenda, can give money into a, a grant situation with, with deep fingers and tentacles and be able to get what they want produced on a journalistic level. And like I said, talk to the writers of the one of the poultry article. They called me, oh, they wanted to interview. No, no, we didn't have any influence just because two different environmental funds was the ones that helped supply our salaries. That didn't lean to us. This is the way we felt anyway. That just happened to be coincidence. I, I don't believe in coincidence a whole lot. I believe a lot of things are planned. I believe a lot of things happen just like you see them, and it's it's just as obvious as you feel like it is. So that's kind of the issues that I see. So we'll see. We'll see how this all pans out. Uh, just, just very bothersome, though. Just very bothersome that they're, now they're working on the local level. They really are. So we got to have to do something to figure this out, folks. Um, just want to talk a little bit about how thankful we should be in this country. Uh, we are free. Things maybe aren't exactly like we like for some. Maybe some think everything's going great. Uh, we have issues. We have high inflation. We have uh, higher crime rates. We have an invasion from the south border. We have a lot of these things, just like some of our callers have called in and talked about. But with all the problems, we're still the best country, the greatest country, in my opinion, on the face of the earth. And we're blessed by God. He has shown his face and continues to show his face. Sometimes we may question whether he still loves us or not, but he does as a country. And I, I pray that we realize how blessed we are this Thanksgiving and take the time to be very grateful for all that we have. We do have freedom. We do have the ability to go vote. We can put people in. We can take people out. So uh, I know that I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for being blessed. My business has done well. The Lord has watched after us and took care of us. I pray he's done the same to you. If you're out there and you have whatever it might be, an ailment, some disease, cancer, high blood pressure, whatever, I pray the Lord blesses you, and I pray that you have a good Thanksgiving, and I pray he leads you in your steps and heals you if that be the problem you're inflicted. I pray that you're able to take time to reflect and take time, I hope, to be with your family, and I hope that you 
don't have to work on Thanksgiving, but you may. But I hope you do find a way somehow or another to just sit down for a second and be still and let him talk to you. Let him be with you. I'm going to go ahead and pray now. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Lord, um, we have so much to be grateful for. We've been blessed in so many ways. I pray we realize this, dear Lord. I pray we realize how fortunate we are. Lord, I pray that people know that your son, our greatest blessing to be thankful for, came to earth, lived as a man, died on a cross for our sins. And I pray that those out there who don't know him come to know him, Lord. And I pray that they realize that they have a Savior and you're with us and you're leading and guiding us. Lord, I pray for all of our politicians that are elected officials out there that need your guidance. We, uh, we seek you for wisdom. We seek you, dear Lord, for ideas for what we should do. Be thankful. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Folks, take care. Have a safe one. See you. Bye. You've been listening to North Carolina Representative Jeff McNeely. Join Jeff again next Monday morning at 11.05 for Taking Care of Iredell on News Talk WSIC.